Indeed, we sing the praises of our God in uh, joyful sounds and shouts from God's Word. And now we come to a time of uh, meditation on the Word of God. And this afternoon, we, as we have done in past times where I came to visit you guys, we have been going through the New Testament in the morning service and in the, the evening service. We have looked at some passages from the Old Testament. And tonight we're going through the wisdom literature. And in particular, the focus of our attention and meditation tonight will be only from one verse, which is found in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 1. It's a familiar verse. Chapter 1, verse 7. And it will be a thematic message on the topic of the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. And so God's word comes in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 and says to us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. These are the words of our text tonight. Let us pray for asking the Lord to bless the meditation of God's word. Oh God, we come and bow before you with fear and trembling. We approach you who are three times holy God. And you are so majestic, so far above our thoughts, Lord. And even tonight, Lord, that you will lift us up to see you rightly. That, Lord, it will indeed bring us to awe. It will inspire us to bow our knees before this living God and to live our life in the face of God and so be transformed we pray spirit of God this night work in our hearts to see marvelous things from your word in Jesus name I pray amen the book from which a movie came out, The Chronicles of Narnia. You might have read uh, this uh, allegory by C.S. Lewis. And the author has several characters in this uh, book where uh, we have Susan and Lucy. And they are getting ready to meet Aslan. Aslan is a big lion and he is uh, representing Christ in the story. And... There's two talking animals. They're trying to pre prepare Lucy and Susan to meet Aslan. And these uh, talking animals are beavers, Mr. and Mrs. Beavers. And they say, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else they're just silly. Then Lucy replies to Mr. Beaver and says, Then isn't it he safe? Isn't Aslan safe? And Mr. Beaver reply, Don't you hear what it means? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's unsafe. Of course he's not safe, but he is good. He's the king. That is the proper approach to fearing rightly fearing God the fear of the Lord our text says is the beginning of knowledge now 
This little verse, we could call it the motto of the entire book, the maxim of maxims, the basic to understand the entire book of Proverbs has to boil down to fearing God. And so tonight I want with you to look through scripture at this theme of the fear of God. We are here in the first chapter, what we could call the first seven verses of Proverbs as the beginning, the entry of the entire book. And the tone of this book is of a fatherly or motherly advices. It's almost like an old father coming to his son and it says, my son, listen to me, which means this son is unexperienced. This son is about to face life and he has to come to life with some laying the groundwork to lay a proper foundation for your entire life. Now, throughout your life, you know that uh, you might have attended classes, you have sat under teachers throughout your life. You know that the first stages of a class are very important. Because as you sit under the teaching, you know that this will be the ground for anything that comes later. Because future success or failure in that class ultimately depends on you observing the initial ground rules that the teacher laid out for you. And that is what the author of the book of Proverbs is doing here. There is a decision moment that the author wants you to come to. Uh, that there's this theme of the reverence for God, the fear of God, which we could say is the summary of the entire book. And the focus of this is the attitude and the posture that you should have toward God from which depends anything else in life. The first step you take is to admit that God alone possesses wisdom. That you're not wise in your own sight. The first step is to be humble. To depend on God. Whereas pride will ultimately lead you to destruction. And so Proverbs often depicts for us three people. There is the fool. Who is prideful. Who despises wisdom. There is wisdom which is depicted as a lady, a thoughtful, and she's calling out in the streets for people to listen to her. And in between those figures, you have the simple, which is most of us. We have to make a decision. We have to graduate from our simple tone mindset and make a decision whether following after foolishness or wisdom and get out of that simple mindedness. Wisdom is not just head knowledge. Wisdom is not just getting a degree. Wisdom is not just being full of intellectual understanding of science or all sort of things that you might know. No. Wisdom covers the whole of your human experience. It's, uh, it's not speculation. It is an understanding and a skill that is shown in the way you live. In the decisions you make. And in the fact that you follow certain codes, you, your ethic, your, the way you behave is according to God's word. 
You have an attitude concerning the, the experiences of life. Also, you are informed by God's word in your decisions. You are prudent. You know by experience that is wisdom. You acquire it through life. You heed to it. And ultimately leads to prosperity, to peace, to justice. But again, the, the source of this wisdom is not us seeking to find it out. It's God. And so what we see here in this verse is that all discussions of wisdom must start with reverence for God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because that, without that fear of the Lord, you remain a disobedient fool who is destined to fall, to perish, and to hit life and crush. Let us now reflect, therefore, to the, uh, upon the nature of the fear of God. What is fearing God? And what we see from our text, first of all, is that fear of God is, has to do with reverence, being reverential. That is the first step in uh, the, the first part of our text, which says the fear of the Lord. That fear, that word means reverence, honor, praise, respect toward who? Toward the Lord. And you can say that, you can use that word Lord because you are his child. So only a person who knows savingly Jesus Christ can call this Lord God, Yahweh, as believer. He has, you, you know Jesus because you have been saved and you live under the fear, reverence, honor of him. It's almost a respect that you have toward a superior at work. But here is far more. You have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and you approach Him with worship, awesomeness, with a reverence, bowing down to Him as Lord of your life. Now, this does not necessarily mean fear in the sense of terror or being afraid of God. When I was an unbeliever and I was in this uh, Catholic monastery. We had an entire Bible study and, uh, and we were trying to figure out what this fear of the Lord meant. And most of us who did not possess the Holy Spirit were walking in the dark as we looked at this concept. We thought, of, you know, it meant that terror, that you're afraid of God because you're scared of Him. That's what fear of the Lord means. That's what I thought. No. That is a fear of God that is found among unbelievers. That is neither lasting nor savingly. It doesn't bring you to salvation. And it doesn't last. Because it doesn't lead you to submit to that God. It leads you only to fear the judgment. It doesn't lead you to fear God behind that judgment. In fact, that type of fear or terror of God drives you away from God. So that you're scared of Him. Satan knows how too well to use this type of terror for God to scare people away from God. And Martin Luther once said this, He who sees God as an angry God does not see Him rightly, but looks only on a curtain as if a dark cloud had been drawn across His face. He has not experienced who this God is, and so he lives in terror still. Only afraid of judgment. No. While this is not implying terror, it still implies reverence. 
It still implies a certain dose of shrinking back. Drawing close with all as you approach God. You still respect Him as God. You see that Israel in the Old Testament had been tested in the wilderness. Because God wanted to see that the fear of God may be before them. So that what? So that they will not sin. That was the reverence that leads to righteousness. The second aspect of the fear of God. Fear of God as reverence. That's the nature of fear of God. But also the nature of fear of God is fear of God is righteousness. Fearing God and a righteous living in the Bible are interconnected. They're almost synonymous. When we say even in our language that someone is God-fearing, we're not just mentioning the fact that he believes in God. We're saying something about his character. We're saying that that person is not going to do that thing. That person is a virtuous person. We're making a statement not about his beliefs, but we're making a statement that by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Proverbs 16 verse 6. Abraham, for example, was afraid when he faced pagan lands that he was afraid that people would kill him. For he thought there is no fear of God at all in this place. Genesis 20 verse 11. Or even when you come to Moses, you have leaders and, and, and God tells Moses to choose leaders for God's people among men who, Exodus 18, 21 tells us, who fear God and are trustworthy, worthy of trusts. You see how the fear of God and obedience are interconnected to the point that so many times God says to Israel, you shall not do these things, but you shall fear your God. You shall not blank, but you shall fear God. So obedience and righteousness are connected to the fear of God. Deuteronomy 5.29 says, Fear me and keep all my commandments. 1 Samuel 12.14 says, Serving God and obeying His voice and not rebelling against the commandments of the Lord. That's what the king was to do, to fear God by obedience. And Psalm 111 Verse 10 reiterates this concept that the beginning of wisdom, then good understanding have all those who do His commandment. That's the key of true biblical wisdom. So that the fear of God, friends, is what fuels your obedience to God. Because you fear the Lord, you obey Him. You hate evil. And you implement a fear of God in the way in which you live your practical righteousness. By obeying even when the command seems hard. Even when the test seems strong. Even when the pressure comes upon you. You say, I fear God and I'm not going to do that. You see, that's the type of fear that God is looking. Thomas Watson, a famous uh, theologian, once says, As the embarkment keeps out the water... So the fear of the Lord keeps out unrighteousness. So reverence for God should be evident in the way we behave. That is how we test the fear of the Lord in our life. And that starts with our words. 
That starts with our mouth. The, uh, Psalm 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean. You see how the fear of God starts with, with your mind. It starts with the Word of God becoming the director and ruler of our fear. And in a healthy sense, this is fear, which means having a reverence and awe for the Word of God. Thinking about God. That we know our place in the universe. We know that we are not God. That we don't act like God. Where we make our own rules. We lower down God's standard to fit our own understanding, which is idolatry. And we make excuses. No. We fear God. So we know humbly. And we, we submit our will, our attitudes, our feelings to, to Him. To His Lordship. Because we fear Him. We don't get to make up our own definition of what is right or wrong. We don't lower down God, even in our language, you know, this day and age, you know, people are using, you know, they refer to God as the man upstairs. Jesus is my homeboy, bro, daddy, all this slang. There's no fear in that. There is no fear in that, friends. That, that there's void of any reference for God, even our language, even when we mention God's name, even when we talk in our mouth. It is immensely problematic if we don't see how this not only negatively affects others, but even our mindset of what is allowed or not in a certain situation. Now, that, that is a very different approach to God than, than what the Bible called the fear of Isaac. The, the, the Jews even avoided new, using the name of God because they were out of fear for God's name. That's why we need to be reverent even in our worship. Because God is jealous for His glory. He's not going to share His glory with another. Think of Nadab or Abihu in the Old Testament. That who were judged immediately because of their irreverent approach to God. Ananias and Sapphira. If you think it's just an Old Testament God. They were in the Acts of the Apostles. And God slayed them down. Because they did not fear God in their actions. You see, worship becomes vain when we don't approach God with a proper sense of fear. That we are approaching His presence. Then it becomes even offensive if our conversations are only about the mundane. And it's almost as if God is not there. No, instead when we see Jesus, we see that the disciples feared. They were it says in the New Testament many ten times, they were filled with great fear because they saw the works of God through Jesus Christ. God's presence, it is indeed dreadful to sinful human beings. His name is dreadful. And we are to fear Him forever with reverent words, but also with our reverent deeds. John Trapp once says, the fear of God is both a virtue and a keeper of other virtues. So that means that link with righteousness and fear of God means that we go beyond our lip service to God. Who among you fears the Lord, says Isaiah 50 verse 10, and obeys the voice of his servants. Knowledge and character. That starts when you, friend, acknowledge your sin. You don't hide it. You don't excuse it, but you lay it out and say, you humble yourself. You, you receive then God's favor if you walk in the fear of God. 
and he covers your sins through his blood. And that leads you then to obey God. You think of Joseph, who for the fear of God did not shrink back, even under pressure of Potiphar's wife. You think of the Ethiopian who, who goes right before the king to plead for the life of Jeremiah who is sinking in the mire to the price of his head because he feared God. And so let us add to our faith virtue that is walking in the fear of God. So you see, reverence is not just knowing, talking. It means pursuing virtue, integrity, and even generosity. Our actions show that we walk in the fear of God. So as we work out our salvation in fear and trembling, says God's word. However, it is true instead that our actions often show that we fear other things. We fear other people. We fear external pressures instead of God. We fear idols of this world. And there's in fact a type of fear of God that produces no fruits. You know, fearing God as commandments taught by men. That was the problem of the religious leaders in Jesus' day. They went under the fear of man and that became a snare. That is a snare indeed. And so instead wisdom comes as we learn through practice that we refuse to fear what other people fear. We don't act like the word. And we focus on fearing God. We put God into the picture of our situation. And we let Him be our fear. Not other people. That is the nature of the fear of God. Let us see now this, the second point in, in this brief text. The benefits of the fear of God. We saw the nature of the fear of God. Let us look at why does it matter to fear God. Because the fear of God is the gateway, the entrance gate to wisdom. And we all need wisdom, don't we? And that is the second part of verse 7 in chapter 1 of Proverbs. The summary of the whole book. It is almost a, a, what we call a passepartout, a master key. You go to a, a big building, you need this master key that unlocks all doors in the book of Proverbs for wisdom you need this. And that is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Which means you have to have first this thing in order to get everything else in life. The starting point of wisdom. Wisdom does not begin with being smart or studying and knowing many notions. And then you live your life just like the world. No, it, it means that it had implication for your living in integrity in your life. Because you revere God. That is the first step. Just like when you study for a math, you know, math class, which was my, I, I, I mean, I was, my worst class were math class. But if there's one thing that I learned is that you need those formula to then be able, and you don't, you don't just learn the formula and then leave it behind. You're supposed to apply that formula to solve a lot of mathematical problems in all later classes. It's all building blocks. And that is what fear of God is. It is superior in valor to all other facets of life. The sum total, not only the foundation, but the essence of what it means to live wisely in this world. It is the necessary condition to live wisely in this world. So that's how you get initiated with wisdom. You fear God. 
but also is a gateway not only to wisdom, to blessings. God takes pleasure in those who fear Him. Psalm 128 verse 1 says that there are many blessings. Blessed is everyone who, what? Fears the Lord. Proverbs 12, 14 verse 27 the fear of the Lord is what? A fountain of life. Which means when you fear God, it leads to life. It brings satisfaction to your life. Honor and freedom from evil. It saves you from death. It saves you from going to the path of destruction. And is the source of life-giving blessings. I do love that scene in that movie which is called Chariots of Fire, where this runner has been holding up to a biblical principle and this American runner goes to him and hands him a little note before the race. And he says, God honors those who honor him. God honors those who honor him. Or another movie that I love, it's a Christian movie, Courageous, where this says, Spanish migrant comes to U.S. and uh, he gets an offer for this job and, and he gets brought into the boss office and he says, there are 40 boxes there coming. I am asking you to uh, announce 30 of them, okay? Only 30. Don't worry about the other 10. Are you willing to do that? And he's like, let me come back to you tomorrow. Now, he's a Christian now. He comes back tomorrow and says, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. I cannot lie. That would be lying. And you know what happens? It comes to this point of blessing. The boss looks at the other one. You are the last one in my list. I would have never chosen you, but you know what? That's what I'm looking for. You have the job. And then he goes back to his family and rejoices. Fear of God brings blessing, friend. Proverbs 22, verse 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. It prolongs your days. It promises you happiness, blessedness, goodness, provisions. That is why much of the difficulty here is not having faith in God. And not showing that fear of the Lord because of doubts. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, says God's word. Which means God will protect you. It doesn't mean it will be easy. It doesn't mean there will not be tests and even persecutions. But you will be inwardly blessed. Because God encamps around those who what? Fear Him. You see how reverence for God is the starting point for wisdom? And therefore the source of blessings? But that comes from God, friends. Many are searching today... Of the right things in the, all the wrong places. Oh, if only I could get that, that, that secular university. Then I, I can gain true knowledge. Then I will be smarter. Then I will get accepted and I have a career in this world. If only I will be more smart in my business. Then I can become rich and then people will respect me. If only this, if only that. Only those who instead understand that God in Christ... Brings you all you need, all the wisdom you need. And then in only awe, you live in reverence before Him, in humility. That is where true knowledge begins. And you don't need to be a smart out there. There is more dignity in a person who lives in the fear of the Lord. No matter, even if he doesn't know how to read or, or, or write, he's more 
He has more dignity than the president of this country. And that is what you want to look after. True wisdom is not earthly, demonic. It is from God. It has God's glory as its goal. We access it by revering God first, by submitting to his words. Proverbs 9.10 again, the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. But look how profitable it is to live under this wisdom. There is a reward. It will be well for those who fear God. Because ultimately all the blessings of this life flow from what? From one source, which is God. So my well-being is inseparable from me finding my ultimate satisfaction in my Creator. And to really fear Him. So that even under persecution, I remember Wurmbrandt was a Romanian believer who faced first Nazi persecution and then Soviet communist persecution because he was a Lutheran pastor. But what was he studying in the Bible? Do not fear. And he's like, the Bible mentioned do not fear 166 times. There, there's got to be a reason why it is mentioned so many times. Because God wants us to focus on that word. And that got him going through all the shame and the persecution that he had to face. Friends, we have a spirit not of fear. We have a strong confidence in the fear of the Lord. That in the fear of God, we, we cannot fear anything else. Ultimately, if I walk in the fear of God, I must not fear anything else. Now, even if outwardly you think, I don't look blessed. You know. That guy was a wicked man. Look how prosperous he is. Yes, but you are blessed inwardly. You have heaven in your heart. You have everything that the Lord provides. Better is a little. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord and great treasures with what? With trouble. You don't know all the trouble that those people are going through. Trying to hold on to something that they will not bring into the grave. That, friends, is the benefit of the fear of God. Let us look briefly to our third point. The dangers in the lack of the fear of God. Because this text doesn't end there. The second part of verse 7 says, there's a warning. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear of God is an antidote against foolishness. The alternative to all this is to be stupid. To have no respect for the virtues that we have been talking about we, we consider them as worthless right what this text is telling us that there are people who are scoffing thick brain people stubborn and conceited and god says they are not even getting into the first step of wisdom because they refuse wisdom as pure foolishness there's pride there's a trust in your own opinion there is a refusal of being correct for your own good, unteachable, because they lack fear of God. That is the root. They thumb their nose at wisdom, and ultimately they thumb their nose at God. That's what they're doing. They refuse instruction. They refuse to learn. They go over and over to the same mistake and get over and over the same bad results. And what drives such foolishness, according to our text, is a lack of fear of God. Psalm 14, 1 says, the fool says in his heart, what? There is no God. That is foolishness. That's pure 
foolishness according to the, to the Bible. Why? Because fear of God is the antidote against ruin. What they don't realize is where this path actually leads. You can turn away from evil now and avoid disaster if you heed wisdom. Otherwise, sin does this, increases. Sin doesn't stop, increases. You make poor decisions. You become lazy. You become proud. You, you, you can tear down communities by this prideful unwillingness to receive correction. No, we are rather called to fear God who can destroy both our soul and body in hell. That's the one we need to fear. Because the Bible says it will not be well for the fool, fools. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. He has no clue that everything will collapse. It's like going with your car to a road where the sign says, do not enter. How foolish. For smoking cigarette, why you know it damaged your lungs. You, know, you don't marvel that bad things will happen to you when, when you refuse to listen. And how more about the matters of your soul? This is the most foolish thing. And yet so common. So common among men. Where we don't take heed to the word of God to obey it. There is a cost of rejecting the fear of God, friends. It leads to ruin. Woodrow Crowe says, only a fool thinks he can fool God. And that means that behind foolishness is a lack of reverence for God. Which ultimately leads to destruction. But what drives this foolishness, once again, is unbelief. That you're really not trusting God. Because obedience requires trust and obey. If you don't fear God, if you despise the Word of God, you, you despise His clear warning that He sends your way, and you're led only by covetousness, adultery, lies, selfishness. You only fear God when you need Him, when you are at the uh, wit's hand. And, and, and the book of Proverbs says, You come to me that time, I'm not going to answer I will laugh at your calamity because I call and you did not answer. Friend, this is the time to heed the warning. Not to be driven by your senses. You may be, of course, making statements about life that might be truthful. But unless you humble yourself and you know this reverence for God, you have ultimately no knowledge. You need to bow and receive what God gives to you in His redemption from your sin of pride. Do not be high-minded, friend, but fear. Friends, no deeds of yours will be acceptable before God on that judgment day. Without a seasoning of this godly fear, you will only stumble. Unbelief then can lead to God hiding His face from you. And leaving you to your despair. Bringing you to ruin. Is that what you want? Until you come to your senses. Like Nebuchadnezzar. He's there eating grass. Because he thought he was God. And then as he eats grass. He's like. I finally came to my senses. And said the Lord. He is God. And I fear him. Friend let not come that down below. Before you finally realize. The fear of the Lord. Is the only basis of true knowledge. You see how a proper understanding of God is the foundation for you being able to know, discern, and make decisions appropriately in your life. 
I speak this especially for families, those who are fathers, those who are husbands. We have a great opportunities, but also a great responsibility before us. And we need to walk before the fear of God so that our children, so that our wives walk and see and can trust in our leadership because we are leading under the fear of God. As we worship and submit to the Lord. Otherwise, we end up like Esau, who despises his birthright and ultimately perishes. Now, this is problematic because we live in a world right now where the, you are the only final authority for your life. Isn't that the mantra that we hear? It's just as long as you believe it, it's true. As long as, you know, that's pure foolishness. That's pure foolishness. You're going to crush under that false idea. If you don't fear God, your worst fears will come true. If you don't fear God, the Lord will laugh at your fears then when you refuse to listen to Him. You, you know, people today want to live for themselves. They want to be their own God. And paradoxically, they live lives in constant anxiety, in constant worries and fears. But how safe is to dwell in the fear of the Lord? Because, friends, foolishness ultimately leads to destruction. The risk for us is this. We may envy fools for their momentary success, so, so to speak. And sinners who might seem to prosper despise their wickedness. But Satan was claiming that thing to Job. It was saying, does Job fear God for nothing? That was his test. No, instead we must fear and be zealous for the fear of the Lord all day. There's a time out, friends, for all this time of the calling of wisdom. There's a time out, the call to search for wisdom, but people will, will come too late. Verse 29 says, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And that was the problem. When Israel came out of exile, they did not fear the Lord. And God sent what? Lions to them to eat them up. And ultimately, we know there is a final day of reckoning. We know that hell is awaiting anyone who lacks any fear of God. That's where they, it ends up. That's why the New Testament says, knowing the fear of the Lord, or knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That is our, our calling, to, to call people to be reconciled with God, because we fear God. And we see eternal realities here. We see that the, the, the eternity is at stake. Friend, either God will be your Savior, or He will be your judge. And so it's time... This is the, the call of the fear of God. So what is the conclusion to this whole matter? If Solomon could tell us, who wrote a book of Proverbs, also wrote another book at the end of his life, Ecclesiastes. He concludes Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 with these words. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. That is the whole matter of man. Same, the entire wisdom of Solomon was boiled down to this. And he says this at the end of his life. He says this even in his downfall where he failed. And the, the conclusion of Job, after all, what was it? When he has this debate with his friends, is to 
actually bow down in fear of the Lord and recognize I spoke of things I did not know. And I bow down before you in fear. Hosea 3.5 even says that people shall come in the fear of the Lord in the latter days. Speaking us of this time where Christ has come. Where we, we have fuller access to the wisdom of God that is provided to us in Jesus Christ. And therefore a double measure of fear, healthy fear of God should be seen in us. Who will not fear the Lord? The maker of the world. Who upholds all the universe. Who is full of incomprehensible majesty. Who, who is present anywhere. Who is everywhere. He alone is holy. His knowledge motivates us to know, serve and love him. Honor him. Because we know we will give an account to him. And we live and fear and tremble in the word of God. More than the terrors of this world. God has this goal to bring fear so that all the nations may fear God. And they don't fear God through revolutions, but actually through honor and fear, even to public authorities. The fear of God may fall upon them, upon the world as they see the power of God through the church. We are called to be companions of all who fear God. Acts 9.31 describes the church as walking in the fear of the Lord. That is what we are supposed to be as a church. As we fear God, our character gets shaped in the likeness of God. And then we are able to make right choices. Love our enemies even and our neighbor. And the more we do this, the more we get the wisdom of God. And the more our family benefits the more even a watching world says there is something different about you. I want to know what it is. And God is glorified as you fear the Lord. That is realizing that you need God. That you don't have this wisdom. And therefore you bow yourself to Him in reverence. As an old wise man used to say, I know that I know nothing. That is true starting point. The fear. The beginning of wisdom is the way you humble yourself and you say the fear of the Lord. And we melt before God in fear and receive his divine insight. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we bow this evening, Lord, uh, recognizing the many ways we have lived our life. We're not done in the fear of the Lord. In fact, we were so consumed, Lord, by this world, our thoughts, ourselves. And instead, you became smaller and smaller in our eyes. And we pray now that you will bring us, both as a church and both as individuals, Lord, under a healthy understanding of who you are. And that, Lord, that fear will produce obedience. That fear will produce reverence. That fear will, will produce humility. And that, God, we will not walk in terror because we know that you are a father to us. And so we live in a healthy fear and not as strangers. That we have been welcomed through Jesus Christ to actually know you and experience your love for us. And we pray if tonight, Lord, there's anyone that does not know you, that still lives 
away from this fear of the Lord. That you will bring them to yourself. They will come to know you, Lord. And that the blessings that will follow when we fear you and obey will be seen. Will be a witness. So that the world will see and glorify God. Because they see your work in us. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.